Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Rotman School of Management's FinHub Founders Podcast. I am Pranav Kumar and it is my distinct honor to introduce our esteemed guest today, Dr. Diedrich van Leer, the Chief Technology Officer of WellSimple. WellSimple stands as a beacon of innovation in the Canadian fintech landscape, revolutionizing the way we approach digital wealth management and online trading. Diedrich, a visionary in the field, has been instrumental in orchestrating WellSimple's technological advancements. With a rich background that spans across prestigious organizations like Shopify and the Wikimedia Foundation, Diedrich has consistently pushed the boundaries of data science and product development. His expertise in harnessing the power of data and technology has significantly propelled WellSimple's growth and has been vital in democratizing financial services for Canadians. So without any further ado, let's dive into a conversation that promises to be enlightening and inspiring. Welcome, Diedrich. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. And to start off, could you tell us more about WealthSimple and your current role as its CTO? Thank you, Pranav. And it's an honor and a privilege to be a guest at the FinTech podcast at Rodman School of Management. I have very good memories about Rodman. I was there from 2008 to 2010 as a postdoc. And I know it's an, it's an amazing business school. So it's always really nice to reconnect with the school and with, and with the new students. Well, Simple is the largest Canadian fintech with over 2 million customers. And we are really about making financial products simple and help people fin- achieve financial freedom through a portfolio of products that include self-directed investing, managed investing, a banking products, tax filing products, uh, and growing assortment of investment opportunities like private equity and private credit, crypto. And so we are really trying to redefine what it means to use your money better and easier for yourself. I must say that it's an honor to have you with us today. I think our uh, listeners would learn from your uh, rich experience and your insights into the world of fintech. And thank you for that response. I think it sets a very good foundation for us to carry forward our conversation. And to build upon that, could you share some insights into the development of new financial products at WealthSimple? And how do data science and machine learning actually play a role in this process? For sure. Well, I think we always start with the customer, right? What does the client need? What are the problems the clients are facing? And trying to work backwards from that, right? Because it's that that's ultimately what we I think, is central in product development, in making sure that you solve a real problem, right, for, for real clients and real customers. So I think that's the starting point, and we work backwards. So we, it starts with a deep understanding of the, the challenges that people have and the problems they are facing, and can we find a potential product around that that helps them achieve their objectives. Can we make it easier? Traditionally, financial products are mirrored in complexity and are unclear. And it's hard for people to be confident that they make the right choice. Right? And that's, that is, has been very much part of the almost the DNA of financial products. Like People have an interest to make it seem very daunting and difficult so they can advise you, which of course you have to pay for one way or another. 
And I think at Well Simple, we we sort of tried to break that down a bit and empower people with easy to use app that gives you confidence that you're making the right decision, provide information that is clear and easy to understand. So those, I think, are like the, some of the key principles we apply with our product development. Now, data science plays an important role in that, right? Because even though we start with clients' needs, it isn't obvious necessarily um, how to translate it into an actual product or an actual feature. And so we, we have a very agile product development process where we continuously refine and iterate based on client feedback, both quantitative and qualitative. And it is this quantitative feedback that we really gather and, and analyze using data science to understand, right? Imagine we have a new feature, let's say it's an improvement to the existing to the existing workflow or this existing flow. We typically run A-B tests to compare the existing version with the new version to make sure that indeed it's actually better, right? And is it better in conversion rate? Is it better in how much time it took? So there's a whole bunch of dimensions that we look at uh, and make sure that, that we are data backed in our decision make and so data scientists play a huge role in making sure that we collect the right data that the experimental design is proper and sound that we have a thorough analysis and ultimately have a clear and concise recommendations on what to do awesome i think it's a fascinating perspective and thank you for that comprehensive answer i think it sheds light on aspects that many of us don't really comprehend when we are trying to make such decisions. So just to actually build upon that, fintech is a rapidly evolving field. So how does Wellsimple stay ahead of the curve in terms of technology and its product offerings, considering that there must be some unique challenges that don't really exist anywhere else? There are, although I'm probably going to give a partial answer at best because I haven't lived in that many different countries, right? I have lived mostly in two different countries, so my sample size is two. But I think what is interesting about the Canadian financial industry is that it's highly concentrated, right? You've got five big banks that basically are an oligopoly and have a very large market share. And I think that has, at the national level, has probably led to a more conservative approach in general. And so we know, like this is, I think, very much the teaching in business schools is that a lack of competition typically hurts customers, right? It hurts them in, in lack of choice. It hurts them in a not competitive rates, not competitive prices. And so we're trying to, to disrupt. We are trying to disrupt the industry with easy to understand, easy to use, financial products. In general, though, I think we are always trying to overcome people's apathy, right? Most people have already a bank account. Few people, I assume, or I think, are super pumped about their relationship. But are you so upset about it that you are willing to actually reorganize and effectively re-platform to a different bank? It's a lot of work, typically. And you don't feel the, the immediate pain. So I think one of the challenges that are not necessarily unique to Canada is overcoming this apathy. Like how can we entice and motivate prospective customers to join us and leave their existing bank, right? That, that I think a major challenge that we are uh, working on. Well, that explains a lot. And it 
also shows that the strategy being followed at Well Simple is not just innovative but also grounded in a lot of pragmatism. So thank you for that. I think that explains a lot about the uh, trajectory that the uh, company has seen over the years. And let us shift our focus to your own uh, career trajectory. So you've had a diverse journey before joining Well Simple, including roles at uh, Shopify and the uh, Wikimedia Foundation. So I'd love to learn from you as to how these experiences shaped your approach to technology leadership in the fintech space. For sure. It's a great question. Let me think where to start. But both places have been very instrumental in shaping the person I am. Wikimedia, I joined after finishing my, my, my postdoc at Rodman. And so I decided to leave academia and I actually wanted to to go back to work on the internet. I have been fascinated by the internet as a new technology, as a new medium since the mid-90s. I was I caught the virus, basically, the internet virus, when it broke through and became mainstream in 94, 95. And so I've always been fascinated about this, this technology that fundamentally connects people. And that has been always something that really resonated with me. And so Wikimedia really gave me opportunity then to apply the skills I had gained during my PhD postdoc around quantitative data analysis and to apply them um, against the, the community of, of Wikipedia, right? It's a community of editors. Big data became a big thing and the skills that I had taught myself during my academic life turned out to be very, very valuable and practical. And so that was a very fortunate intersection of those two things. The big data movement, me deciding to leave academia and Wikimedia having this, this need to understand the health of their communities. So that's how I started. And so it really showed me that data analysis is such an extremely powerful skill to have because fundamentally it allows you to tell stories that are grounded in, in truth, right? And it's very important to realize is that you will rarely convince someone with just raw facts. You need to relate to them in an emotional way. But if you can do that while also bringing facts and data points to the conversation, you will be that much more convincing. And so that's how I started. And I went deep and built with, with other folks a data lake to really be able to store and process large quantities of data that's available. And that was an amazing experience just to like one of the first ones to help build a data lake. We didn't call it that quite that yet, I think, but it was a, that was a great, great opportunity. And so it allowed me to go deep on technology and take those experiences. And then I joined Shopify in early 2013, I believe that was asked to help build another data lake based on my experiences at Wikipedia. And so Shopify has been an absolute amazing story, right? It's been the highlight of the Canadian tech industry for the last 15 years. And so it's a great company. It had a very strong culture that was very much about maker owner, taking responsibility, just do it. So it was very much encouraging you to, to take charge of any problem, to go deep, to master it. And that was, an, that was a quite unique and amazing time and opportunity that, that Shopify gave. And I learned a lot from that. And so that's, I think, in a nutshell, some of the experiences. 
but they both definitely shaped me because I, I spent at both companies about four years each, so in total about, about eight years. So obviously, it leaves a big imprint in you. For sure. I think these places would have given you an insight into the evolving world of a fintech at that point in time. If you could share some key learnings or pivotal moments from your career in these firms or outside that have influenced you today. Yeah, I can. I will be a little bit hesitant because what worked out for me does not necessarily need to work out for other people, right? So it's only also it worked out for me in hindsight. It is not that I had foresight that it would work out, right? But one thing I've done a few times in my career is to take a step back to take a step forward, right? The very first time was probably leaving academia. I was on, on a path and I decided that I didn't want to pursue that anymore and that I w- wanted to pivot out of academia. And that was a, taking a step back because by that time I was, let me see, 32 approximately. So was already sort of behind in terms of industry experience. So I took a step back and went to Wikimedia, right? And then the same thing as I did Wikimedia, take a step back, jump Shopify. Like Shopify became this incredible success, obviously. But at least to me, that was not obvious that it was, would work out that way in 2013, right? And I think a similar step back, deciding to leave Shopify and, and, and joining well, simple, that has also turned out very fortunate, but it also wasn't obvious at the time. The lesson maybe here is that you always have to sort of wonder, I think, are you learning fast enough? Are you developing fast enough? Are you being challenged fast enough? And if you're not, if you feel you're, can you fix that within your existing role or company? Is there something, is there an internal movement you can make or something else? Or do you need to take a a bigger swing and and maybe jump to to another opportunity, even though you don't know it's going to work out? Right, and so having confidence in yourself and building a, a strong skill set so that, that makes you needed and wanted by other companies is that something that's always a good investment in yourself. And be honest about that. Like, are you developing as fast and as steep as you think, as you, think you could or should? Right, and so if you're not, think about what 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 to do, what what to reject. I did that, and it, it worked out tremendously well. But it's only in, in, in hindsight, right? There were no guarantees when I made those, those decisions. That was enlightening because I think a lot of people out there would want to have a similar career trajectory as you. And what you've said makes a lot of sense because it's always worthwhile to take a step back and do a kind of a course correction to understand where you're going and what is the path that one needs to follow to reach the goals set out to achieve. And to actually build upon that, I'd really love to gather uh, some advice from you for our listeners. So fintech is an industry that's constantly at the intersection of various emerging technologies. We have seen technologies like generative AI, blockchain, or quantum computing. So what are your thoughts on this intersection as to how it might affect the uh, fintech space? And how does well simple position itself in this context to keep on reinventing it would be great to have your thoughts on this matter yeah well i think technology is come is very much part of our dna right we believe in the power of technology to simplify our products 
And it is basically our, our strong bias to, to think of solutions that leverage technology to, to help our clients. I think Gen AI is a very interesting new technology. I think it's probably a transformational technology. In the same category, I would say, as the introduction of the mainframe and the introduction of the GUI, like the point-and-click mouse interface that we are so used to as smartphones. But each, each of those technologies fundamentally changed our relationship with technology, how we inter, interact with it. Right back in the mainframes, or even before that, like the punch card, right? Like you had to actually punch a, a hole in a card to program it, right? It was very, very laborious and very difficult. And then with the invention of the GUI, right? By Zero Labs, and then later commercialized by Apple and Microsoft, like this idea of point and click, the mouse, the visual screen. But then you are very much constrained by the user interface, what the designer, the creator had thought of is how you can express yourself. But it was already way more expressive than the mainframe was, right? And then with mobile, we added social and we added location and, and geography where you are and video, new ways to express yourself. And so I think Gen AI is then basically the fourth wave or the fourth iteration where you can start interacting with a computer in plain English or, or plain language, whatever is your native language. Right? And so that fundamentally changes the, the paradigm of how to relate to the machine. Because now I can start talking to it and it will actually reasonably well understand what I'm trying to say. Right? And so we are just at the very first months of this new new technology. Right? The TPT was launched back in November 2023. We're only 12 months in. But I think it's going to be transformational. So the question then becomes, how can we use this? How can we apply that? And the way we think about it as well simple is that we, we fundamentally believe it's a booster pack. Imagine a booster pack that the thing that you put on your back and it allows you to fly, it gives you these superpowers, right? Like a human can't fly themselves, but using a super booster pack you can. And so that's how we think about Gen AI. It gives you another set of skills uh, and, it, and it amplifies your existing skills to make you a more productive and more creative person. And, and so we are very much encouraging people, uh, our employees at Wealthsimple, to, to work and leverage these models. We are running them on our own cloud infrastructure. And so we, we are using open source ones. So we don't need to worry about data leakage or other security concerns. It all, all our data stays within our own environment. And we are strongly encouraging and helping people to, to leverage it because we do think it is a informational technology. I must say that your response truly underscores the importance of adaptability and having a vision in this ever-changing industry. As we wrap up for the want of time, for our listeners, particularly students and aspiring fintech entrepreneurs, do you have any advice that you would like to give them in navigating this space and succeeding in this dynamic industry? Yes, I think, uh, but, but maybe it's, it is not even super specific to, to fintech in itself. But I think building sort of like the maker owner mentality, right, where you, where you take ownership of whatever it is in your life and, and push that forward, I think that allows you to get ahead. And it's actually more rare than you might imagine it is. 
that, that mentality. So I, I would encourage that. And particularly if you are a student who is aspiring to join a startup or another company or, or you would like to become an entrepreneur, the, the maker-owner mentality is taking full charge of your own life. You shape it to how you want it. I think it's a very empowering view. And it's also very contagious and inspiring to other people. It, it builds momentum. It builds energy. And so I think it's an exciting uh, way to relate to, to the overall world. So any advice I would have, it would, it would be that, like nurture this maker-owner mentality. Take charge. Don't always take no for an answer. Keep trying. Keep pushing yourself. Uh, and then I'm sure you will get very far. Thank you for that. I'm sure your words are uh, food for thought for all our listeners. And at the end, I just want to say that it has been an absolute privilege to have you here with us today. Thank you for your time, your insights into WellSimple's journey, your distinguished career and the fintech space. Thank you for joining us. And to our listeners, I'd say stay tuned for more such enlightening discussions with industry leaders in our upcoming episodes as we continue to delve into the dynamic world of fintech. Thank you again and stay tuned. Thanks for enough and great to be here. Thank you.